What's going on, everyone? I'm Mackenzie Ingram. This is Everything In Between. And in this episode, I want to talk about fighting your flesh. So I think we all struggle with fighting our flesh. That's just humanly nature. And when I talk about, when I say fighting, fighting your flesh, I mean fighting things that are not of God, that are biblical, things that we know aren't very good for us. And for me, I had many desires in my heart that were very worldly um, and just completely away from God and the life that I live now. Um, And it was a process. We can go into trying to overcome sin, trying to overcome a certain situation or temptation that we're faced with a little bit naive and think that, okay, and I've failed every single time because our flesh is weak. But the stronger we make our spirit, the stronger we will be when we are faced with sin, when we are faced with temptation. It even, Paul even says, and this is like a very confusing scripture for me, just like the words about it. But he says, I do the things I don't want to do. And I don't do the things I do want to do. I think it's in Romans. Um, we were in a detox at church and Romans has just been so good. Uh, it's in Romans seven. He says for I, and this is like a tongue twister for, I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature for, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for. I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do this. I keep on going. So a lot of the times we do things that we don't even want to do. And for me, I have found that one, my spirit is weak, which ultimately leads to two is that I'm not living in accordance with the spirit. So I came across this scripture that really jumped out at me so differently. This is also in, this is also in Romans, but it's in Romans eight, five. It says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. And so a question I have to ask myself and a question that I want to ask you, if you are currently struggling with a sin that you want to be free from, that you just haven't quite figured out how to beat yet. One, it's not for you. I guess it, yes, it is for you to figure out, but not alone. You need God with this. You need the Holy Spirit for discernment. You need more than yourself because your flesh is not enough. But for me, I've had to ask myself, Am I truly living in accordance to the spirit? When you're living in accordance with something, you're living in agreement with it. And for me, when I was in my very sinful ways, I knew what scripture said, but I didn't necessarily agree with it. And I always, I always, always, always used to say, well, God's grace will cover me. And in my journey of growing into my faith, I have realized that God's grace is not for you to keep on sinning. Literally says it in the Bible. In Romans, I'm telling y'all, Romans is so good. Romans 6, it says, verse 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that the grace, so that grace may increase? By no means. We are, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Then if you keep going down in verse 15, it says, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? by no means. So I was abusing God's grace. And a lot of us do that. And I think we don't do it necessarily. Well, some people know, 
Um, but other, other people, I think, just genuinely don't know that God's grace for us is not for us to keep on sinning. And when I was going through this detox, I guess you could say, this process of uprooting those things out of me, God revealed to me that he cannot truly forgive what you don't truly repent. And a lot of people don't understand repentance and the fact that it means turning away from. You can't just be like, hey, God, and this was me. Hey, God, can you please forgive me for my sexual sins, knowing that I'm going to probably go do it the next day? Doesn't work like that. That is when we abuse God's grace. And so in fighting your flesh, my biggest advice and something that really helped me is get into his presence and ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Are you truly living in accordance to the spirit? Because sometimes we can deceive ourselves and be like, yeah, I'm living in the spirit. I'm spirit filled. I'm spirit led. But are you? Because you can't be filled with the spirit. You cannot be diving into this word. Well, I guess you can because people do it, but go out and sin and not be convicted of it. That if, if you know this word and you read it and you believe it and you understand it and you can go out and sin and do the things it clearly says to not do and feel no conviction, I really ask the question of, are you in the spirit? Trust me, there were times where I had no conviction and that was the time where I was furthest away from God. When you want to fight your flesh, one, understanding that it's, you're not fighting flesh and blood. You're fighting spirits. You're fighting um, darkness in the unseen world and principalities and like spiritual warfare is real. And you have to know you're not going to be able to be alone because your flesh is weak. You have to grow your spirit. And the way that I grew my spirit the most was being in God's presence through prayer, through worship in church, but mainly through reading. I naturally already have like a convicting spirit. And so for me, there's no way that I can, I personally can read God's word and not be convicted when I go against it. And it took me a minute to get there. There were, there were things that I was doing that I didn't really know, but there were other things I knew that I was doing that was wrong, but I felt no conviction because I was not in the spirit. I was not spirit filled. But the more I, the more time I spent with God and truly in his presence is when he was able, and this is so good. I read this in a book. God is so holy, so holy, so pure, so clean that the more time you spend in his presence, the more unclean you realize that you are. And for me, the more I spent with God and read his word and dove and understood it, the more I realized how dirty I was. And that's okay. God wants that. God wants to clean us. He wants to renew us. He wants to purify us. And so for me, that's what it was. And there were things that were in me that I thought I had let go of years ago or thought I had already overcome. And God was like, "Mm, mm, mm, let's tap back into that because that's not truly out of your system. Dive into his spirit and ask him, God, open my heart to things that are not of you. And help me uproot them because sin, especially things like I grew into habit, into addiction with some of these things because they were so deeply rooted, so deeply rooted that I really couldn't even see it at some point. And so I had to say, God, purify me from anything that is not of you. And just thing after thing after thing, he kept uprooting. He showed me he uprooted and like, I'm still going through a process of certain things and still cleaning myself. Well, God is still cleaning me. 
it's a process. It's, it, God can, yes, God can deliver you from something overnight. God is mighty and powerful and he can do miracles, signs, and wonders. But sometimes it is a process because I believe there's lessons that you learn along the way. And when you are also in the word, you're more conscious of your sin. And I think for me, for me, I would always like underplay the things I would do. Like, it's not that bad. Like, oh yeah, I'm having, you know, doing sexual activities with this, but like with this person, but I'm going to marry him. So it's fine. Oh, I only told a little lie. Or I only said one thing about her. No, those are all sins. And not and having to get to a place where I'm like, I'm a sinful person. Let's clean this up. And so I before would deliberately sin probably on the daily. And God has been able to transform me, especially in this past year, and completely removed me from that because I've been in his presence and spent time with him and grew in relationship with him more than I have ever have. And I've also joined an amazing church and friends and a group of people that have completely changed my life. And I thank God for them every day because I also don't think, I also think we, we don't realize how sinful we are. Like I said, we just kind of don't think it's that bad. We make excuses for it, but there were things that like I had, like I said, so deeply rooted. I didn't even realize like it was a sin. I just thought it was the way that I was. And so when you get to this point where you you're fighting your flesh, you have something that you are struggling with an addiction, um, to a sin. The best piece of advice is go to God Tell him to reveal that to you. And some some things you might know, some things you might not. But for me, and this might, I don't know how it maybe couldn't work for you because when you're in God's presence, there are miracles that he can do. But there might be a different form for you to go about this. But he will work on your heart. There are things that I never thought I would be freed from that I do not struggle with any longer. I Never thought that I could wait until marriage was never a thought in my mind because I just didn't think I was not, I was able to do it. God has completely, I don't want to say stripped that from me, but it's not even appealing to me unless it is with my husband. Something that I literally thought I could basically not live without. It's no longer a struggle for me. I have a friend who struggled with self-pleasure and just thought this is just how I am and after prayer and spending time with God and really asking God to change and purify that out of them they don't struggle with it anymore so God can do it and there are things that unforgiveness people that I never thought I would really be able to just like forgive and live at peace with I don't care about it anymore lies that just used to fall out of my mouth. Why lie? I'm just like at a point, why lie? Like, I'm just going to be blunt. I'm going to tell the truth. And I'm not here saying like, I'm perfect. I do still sin. We are all very sinful people. No one is perfect. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. But those the ones that I deliberately used to do, God has freed me from. And he can do it for you. Dive into who God is And understanding, like, like I said earlier, he is so holy 
that the more time you spend with him and get to know him and his word, you're going to want to change. Your spirit is going to be purified and you're going to be delivered from whatever it is you're struggling with. Even if you think there's no way, there's a way. God can do it. It makes me think about the woman at the well, how she struggled with multiple husbands, sleeping with multiple people and houses with people that were not her husband. And Jesus is was so strategic in how he um, met that woman. And he is the same way with how he will meet you where you are. And for those that don't know the story, this woman would go to this well multiple times a day to get water for her town, for her, her people. And Jesus, I don't remember exactly where they were heading, but Jesus and the disciples were heading somewhere. And Jesus decided to take the longer route through Samaria to basically what, how we find out to have an encounter with this woman. When they get to this well, he sends the disciples away to go get food. When in reality, only like two of the disciples needed to go get food. Not all of them needed to go, but that's how strategic and good and just loving God is, is that he wants it to just be you and him. So he cleaned out, cleared out the area, whatever. This woman came and he basically said, can you get me some water? And I want to make sure that, you know, you read like scripture, um, so many times and it's like, am I saying this right? So, um, he was going from Judea to Galilee, went through Samaria. They stopped at Jacob's well. Jesus was tired from the journey. He sat down and it was about noon when the, and at this point he had sent the disciples to go get food. And, um, he said when this, it says in verse seven, this is John four, seven, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am, I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for that drink? Basically like they didn't really get along or like they weren't really supposed to like mess with each other, like fool around with each other, I guess. Not like fool around, you know what I mean? This is the Bible we're talking. Um, so he says, it says in verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift God and oh, I can't read, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asked for a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well to drink from it himself as also his sons did in his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about the, the physical water, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirsty. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welled up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me water so that I won't get thirsty and I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. Then Jesus said, go verse 16. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She said, I don't have a husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you are right. When you said you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. And you just said that is quite true. The sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where, where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Okay. So basically through this, Jesus told this woman all about her life and 
said to her, go and call your husband. She's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, basically you have five. You've been sleeping around and you live with someone that's not your husband currently. God, Jesus knew everything about this woman and still met her where she was. And because she was with Jesus and in his presence, it changed her life forever. She ran back into town rejoicing over this conversation with she had with who she then realized was the Messiah, Jesus, who told her everything about her, her life. So whatever your sin is, whether it's you have five husbands, 10, you're addicted to alcohol, drugs, lying, whatever it is, Jesus can free you from it. And he will meet you right where you are. You just have to let him in. If this woman would have stayed stubborn and just walked away, she never would have gotten healed, but she stayed. She stayed in his presence. He delivered her and she was saved for eternal life. So stay in God's presence. Even if it feels like it's taking a long time for you to be delivered, it'll happen. Grow your spirit so that you can demolish your flesh. And it might not be fun. You think about when you go to the weight room, it's not always fun. You're working out. It's hard. It's uncomfortable, but you're getting stronger. You might not always wake up and want to read your word and really study about the sin that you're struggling with, but the more you do it, the stronger you will get and the easier it will become to fight your flesh. Speaking from a girl who could not last one round with the things I used to struggle with. And now I'm winning the whole match. Not because of me, but because of God and what he's done through me. And how he's been able to truly save me and deliver me from these things. So stay in God's presence, grow strong, fight your flesh, and know that he will deliver you from whatever it is you're struggling with. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. I pray right now for anyone that is struggling with any sin that they seem to not let hold of. I demand right now that the enemy loosens his grip off of them, God, and that they run to you that they sit in your presence, they read your word, they know your goodness and your holiness and that they change, that you change them. We're not strong enough to do it on our own, God. We need you and your mighty power. You are a good God and you want us to live pure. You want us to live clean. You want to purify us, God. So I ask that you open their hearts and show them things that are, that are not of you, Lord. And let us be free from those. We want to live how you want us to live. We want to defeat the enemy and defeat the things that we struggle with. And in your name, we know that we can do that. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.